Buenos dias, Raider Nation. It's a Friday on the morning tailgate, and the Raiders' Spanish play-by-play voice, Harry Ruiz, joins us now on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. And the great contributor and author of so much content on Raiders.com slash Espanol. He does it all. He's Ra- Harry Ruiz here with us on Raider Nation Radio. Good morning, Harry. How are you? Doing great. Doing great, guys. How about you? Oh man, good. Living our Thank best you. Life. We're in the off season, Harry. So that means we can get into some actual topics that are, right. are applicable to your life. You're in moving mode right now, <laughs> and uh, that's a very particular uh, thing that all of us go through at one point or another. It's actually one of the most traumatizing things that you can do over the course of your life in terms of like uprooting everything. But uh, what is your handiness level? What is your confidence level in assembling, say, a dresser from an IKEA uh, that only comes with picture directions and numbers, but no? I mean, I got—I did the smart move. I—I I moved into a furnished condo. So I'm, Genius. Oh, I'm set. <laughs> yeah. So, so just—it uh, was literally just moving our clothes and stuff. So we're all set. Okay. Realize you were that big time. Yeah. So yeah. you could just throw that in the car. You don't even have to get a truck. Yeah, that was pretty much what we did. No, no truck needed. Just cars, and uh, I got lucky. I was here in Vegas. My girlfriend, she moved in from Houston, so. It, 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 uh, I moved a couple of cars in when I was talking like three moved my car three times from storage to condo. She could only do it once because it was a over a twenty four hour drive. Yeah, oh. I, I do Ooh, think a brutal. sneaky status symbol in life that you can you that that everybody should aspire to get to is when you can actually hire people to move. To move. Yeah. yeah, because I did enough where it was just us. Or I, ask I just, your friends. Yeah, us Which being, is us a being, true test of friendship, yeah, and, asking and, I, and then the process and, and itself. Trust me, I, I've helped move enough of my friends that it all became, you know, sure. like it, us was all of our friends and some family members. But when you kind of can get to a point where, you know what, I could just I could just pay it. It's costs, <laughs> but I got it. So um, it's a good feeling because that is the worst, man. Moving is is, is, is really difficult. But, uh, Harry, I always look at that. I don't know if, hey, if your sorry, girlfriend. Vinny, the the person in front of our condo, they moved in almost at the exact same time as us. They had movers. And I was like, huh, must be nice. It, it, yes, <laughs> it, it gets to that point. You know, you, you have to work toward it. And uh, God knows uh, that I didn't get there t- for, for a little while. But, uh, but, but I finally did. And um, that was a great thing. But I don't know about this. I have this also philosophy that moving is a great opportunity to just throw a bunch of junk away. So did were you able to talk your girlfriend into maybe – parting ways with stuff or did she bring everything that she has no we both part, part i was gonna say what about harry stuff, getting rid of him some of his stuff as I, well no, and she's yeah. the only one that downsizes she's moving, she's moving into i thought she's moving into your place right yes we moved into a new condo oh gotcha the thing gotcha. is the thing is we both parted away with a lot of stuff Good. correct we both also have a condo of uh, not a condo sorry a storage unit by ourselves me got in it. vegas her in houston with a lot of our stuff, so we threw away a lot of stuff, but we still got a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's a good uh, chance from, to just from our previous spot, descan or whatever. So I mean, you, you got to make it. room for the new life that you're going to embark on with your with right. your person. You don't need so all that. Junk. They don't just show up and then you. I'll move some of my stuff out of the way. No, you make space because now this is a shared space. But Harry's on it. Harry's on it. Well, it's also Harry. Does she know about you know your skyhook days and all your basketball paraphernalia that you know you? True. That's part of your early identity. That can't be just tossed away in the garbage. Oh no, no, yeah. I absolutely. <laughs> I got all my Dodgers autographed jerseys in my storage unit. I got all my 
uh, stuff from Raiders autographed jerseys out there as well. I'm like, hey, we we booked at the same time. She's got all her Astros gear over there. So well, that's where we, I want. We all, we uh, made, there we go. We made an agreement. We made an agreement. Only one bobblehead each at the apartment. Okay, okay yeah. Where where does the priority go on the walls with all the memorabilia? Uh, it's mostly our memorabilia now. Like Good. Our stuff. Well, I want to get into that, Harry, because I know you. To- I talked to you yesterday, and uh, your your girlfriend from Houston is an ardent Astros fan, and I know you to be the ardent Dodger fan. And I know it's all peaches and roses right now, and that you guys have made all the agreements that you know you're gonna you're gonna respect each other's fandom. But I know how uh, heated that gets with the Dodgers and the Astros. We know the history of the cheating by the Astros, by the way. So how is that really going to go down? And are you going to be the bigger man and just let her, you know, be able to 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 do her thing and maybe even get in your face a little bit uh, with her Astros <laughs> love and just be okay with that? Oh, absolutely. We yeah. actually went to Astros Fan Fest out in Houston uh, last month. Uh, I try to keep my eyes closed as much as possible. No, <laughs> she had a blast uh, walking around Minute Maid Park. Actually, Astros Dodgers this year is at, in Houston on her birthday weekend, so. That one's definitely going to be fun and interesting when we head out there. Harry Ruiz here with us with Honey and Raider Dog here on Raider Nation Radio. It's glad to have you with us, Harry. And all right, well, I'll tell you what. Well, also today on the Zoom, it's going to be Luke Getze, new offensive coordinator. What would be like one of the big questions you want to ask Luke to at least find out some more about where this direction of the offense is going? Yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be big to talk to him about the running game that the Raiders want to implement and how important it was for him in Chicago to be able to establish that run game no matter who the quarterback was, but also, of course, the quarterback situation. What is he looking for in a quarterback? Does he want youth? Does he want experience? Obviously, he's not going to reveal all his cards in the table right there at the exact moment when he gets asked, but at the same time, it's going to be uh, key to ask him about that, all, all of that and see what he, what his vision of this Raiders offense is. Yeah, and what do you think the vision of his offense is going to be? I mean, from what you, you've heard from Antonio Pierce and what we saw from this Raiders offense last year, it's going to be important for this team to be able to pound the rock, to establish a run game, to keep possession, to be able to uh, keep the rock and control the time of possession, but also be able to score. The red zone is going to be key for this team, and we'll see if they'll be able to do it. Is there a dancing bass that's being drowned in a bathtub <laughs> near you right now, or is that the puppers? No, that's Raider right here. He's All right. right. I'm, just, I'm just checking. just doing a wellness check. Right, right. You know. Put Raider Dog on the phone. Yeah, who's a good boy? Wait who's a good twice boy? Who's if everything's boy? fine. Uh, <laughs> we're talking to Harry Ruiz here as we do uh, each and every Friday. And we walk into this offseason with the Raiders. This is I look at this as a high-stakes poker game, right, where, where they're in a huge uh, need for – a big-time position at the quarterback position. We also know uh, that offensive linemen don't grow on trees. That's going to be a big-time pool in the draft, and there's a lot of off or, uh, free agent talent available as well. And so which teams do you perceive to be the biggest threat to the Raiders' offseason plans, or at least what we envision for the perfection of offseason pan- fa- plans for your Raiders? Goodness, I can't talk today. No, it's okay. No, and I, I just wanted to say, Raider, every morning now, he's trying to wake me up at 6 in the morning. He's still in Houston time, so it's been <laughs> interesting with the Stagos. So it's 8 a.m., and he's like, come on, dude, it's two hours late. Does, does, it, does Raider do the muscle punch to wake you up? How does he wake you up? Oh, no, he, he whines and cries and tries to do everything, jumps in bed every once in a while, and... <laughs> 
jumping on the bed actually helps us. But, uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of uh, threats out there for the Raiders. When you talk about offensive linemen, you know that the Raiders, they might have a nace in the pocket right there with Thayer Mumford Jr., who is a guy that uh, has grown over the two seasons that he has been with the silver and black. And now all he might need is just an opportunity to be out there on the on the field and do his thing. So uh, that would be good. But then you look over at the offensive line situation and it's like, okay, that's not. there's not only one hole for the Raiders when it comes to starters and free agency. There's three holes. Um, I think the hope is to be able to uh, keep Andre James. And if you keep Andre James, it's going to be a, easier for the silver and black to potentially just have to fill in one hole. But offensive linemen, that's, always a position that every team is trying to get better in. Why? Because they've got to protect their high assets. So I'll say they've got a competition on all 31 teams, Enzi. Well, you know, in staying with the poker game, we were speaking with Harry Ruiz with Raiders.com slash Espanol. When you look at how teams need to, like, you know, go all in to move up in the draft, there's been rumors about the number three pick being dangled around. Maybe the New England Patriots are looking for offers. Would you put in, like, a Trey Lance-type deal, you know, three number ones and a third rounder to get the number three pick in the draft? I mean, I would do it for a guy like Caleb Williams or maybe even Daniels from LSU. I don't know if I would do it from Drake May, and I, I know it's harsh to say it, but last time that UNC had a high-profiled quarterback in the draft, we know what happened uh, with mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky, and it didn't deliver it. And I know that we can't judge uh, May off of Trubisky's career, but uh, it's it's a risk, and there's people that get rewarded, and there's people that flop for trading up all the way up to the top three in the draft to get their guys. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm going to read if it's Caleb Williams, I'd do it. If it's not, I'd wait and see what falls to your lap. Yeah, I I like I haven't been able to to take a deep look into Drake May. The one thing that I do like is he started 28 games in college uh whereas I think Trubisky was 12. He only started one year and that was the big talk of him. Has he played enough in college football? Have you seen enough in college football uh to 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 really uh, dial it up the way the Chicago Bears dial it up for him. Uh, I think May is has a has a better foundation there, but I can't wait to look at the tape. And who are you more curious um, if you're if you're talking about the quarterbacks? Who do you want to throw in the tape of uh, to really take a deep dive on in this draft? I mean, just to be realistic, you look at the guys that could fall into the Raiders' lap when you're talking fellas that can fall over to the 13th pick, you're talking about Penix, you're talking about Knicks, you're talking about McCarthy, you're talking about the guys that uh, they got skill and they could do things, but they're clearly not a top five draft pick. So I would focus more on them because right now at this moment, the Raiders have the 13th draft pick and it would be more realistic compared to uh, looking at guys that we don't have control over being able to trade up for a pick. Harry, great stuff, man. Thank you so much for coming on today. We appreciate it. Wish you all the best with uh, with Honey and Raider Dog. You guys have got this great little nesting going on, and we're really excited for you as you spend a, a wonderful February together. Absolutely, man. It's always fun being out here in Las Vegas, and hopefully uh, Raider can get used to heat out here that's coming very, very soon. Yeah, right. And, uh, and both uh, Lindsay and I are available to take Raider for walks, uh, just letting you know. Okay, perfect. Right, Whenever we go out for baseball trips, it's going to be like five-day walks, okay? <laughs> okay, you got that. Hey, thanks again, Harry. Have a good one. 
Take care, guys. Harry Ruiz, uh, Raider Spanish play-by-play voice. Go online. Sounds tired. Raiders.com well, slash Espanol. He's doing stuff. I, I know, man. He's like, it sounded like he went through like seven different rooms, you know, to get away from the, <laughs> the dog. dog. Yeah. Yeah. But they're in the salad days, you know, the... Uh, the period of uh, carefree innocence and idealism when you first move into a brand new place with someone you love. How long did it take for that to wear off? For you. you know, it, it wears off. You never know when it is, though. It, it, it happens at some point because then the bills get real or, or something happens. And next thing you know, it's like, all right, well, we're back to uh, square one. Yeah, we're wishing the best for, uh, for, for um, Harry and his girlfriend. And uh, hopefully there's... I just I just worry um, facetiously if it comes to the World Series with and it's the Astros against the Dodgers that's going to get heated over there because I'm just watch it in separate rooms. The, the yeah. Astros, yeah, she'll they, be in a separate they, room with a garbage can pounding the garbage can. They're in the Dodgers' craw. You know, <laughs> they feel like they got cheated out of a World Series uh, because of all of that, and um, and and they don't they still don't feel like there was there was true retribution for that. that well, and that, you think the their price, championship is illegitimate. The Dodgers. No, I, Wait, I, I do, don't think it's Vinny, illegitimate. Vinny, don't back off on this. We had this conversation not, I, like days ago. No, yes. but, but, I, but I think I, I, not illegitimate because every cha- you, you win the championship of your year. But it's been since 1988 for them since they won one where they had to play 162 oh, yeah. games, yep. where they had to actually go on the road to play in the playoffs, not in some you know, uh, uh, you know, bubble atmosphere. And I say the same thing for the Lakers. It is, obviously, they, they rose a banner, but it's not the same. I mean, if we're, we're, we're fooling ourselves. Come on. There's a battle of attrition in baseball in an all, all sports. You play the 82 games. You don't play. You have to go on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to play in front of fans. So, yeah, I, I think if you're, if, if you're the Dodgers and you talk to every Dodger fan, they will accept that championship. But they want a what's what's you know a more traditional championship. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. I think way. you're in the danger zone of basing worthiness on uh, output levels. Like it's not a legitimate championship because they didn't play this many games. Well, I always thought it was just as hard, or maybe even harder, because of the isolation. Correct. You know, it's and, just uh, it's unique. That's where it's like it should. That's why there, there's for me there's no argument if there's a legitimate one or not. They're all legitimate because they handed out the trophy. That's and what all, I'm. That's exactly, trophy, we're so. in agreement. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay right. with that. But yeah. I think Dodger fans want to be able to go to the game actually in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium and and you know uh, and have to. To, to take that on the road to go to Houston or New York or where, wherever the, the way it normally happens and the Dodgers haven't experienced that and Dodger fans haven't experienced that since 1988 and if you talk to the average Dodger fan while they accept that championship a couple of years ago they know that they want one in the more traditional uh, sense and it's it's eluded them in spite of the fact that they've been the winningest team for I mean almost 10 years now they're always winning they're always winning their division but they keep kind of falling short, except for that one, which was, you know, I'm not delegitimizing it, but they want a more traditional one. <laughs> Speaking about more traditional, uh, there's a great new place, uh, Tequila Little Tequila Little Time. It's a bar and grill here in Las Vegas, and they are proud, uh, uh, you know, uh, partners with Dos Cotas Tequila, which is our great partner uh, as well. Uh, so go check that out. Go check out Senior Frogs over at the Treasure Island Hotel. And if you're not here in Las Vegas, um, go online, uh, punch in the code, or go to doscottaspirits.com, punch in the code word kickoff, and get 20% off your next online purchase of Dos Cotas Tequila. Morning, Tailgate. Raider Nation Radio. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for Harry Ruiz for dropping by. We're just 69 days away, people, from the NFL draft, and the Raiders are in a high-stakes poker game. They are not at the number one spot in that shoe on the table. They're number 13. So let's start identifying 
the other players on the table. The biggest it's, threat to the pot. Yes. To our ideal off-season acquisition, be that through the draft, the uh, free agency. I know that free agency before the draft, but who who are our biggest threats? Yes, beyond players' names and where they went to school, who are the teams that are threats? Correct. That who we have to watch out yeah, for. Yeah, who, who, basically, who's looking for the same thing that you're looking for and yeah. is willing to, you know, to, to to move up to go get what they want or who's just stay thirsty? put? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. you know, uh, I... I for me, I'm looking at the draft order, and I'm trying to look at who among the teams that are right now ahead of the, the – the, I think those are the biggest threats because, A, they could take your player before you even get a chance at it. Mm-hmm. Or they could also use their position ahead of you as leverage to move up even further um, and ace you out of maybe that's what you want to do. And, right. Uh, and, like, all right, of those teams, who needs quarterbacks? Correct. Well, let's start off the top then. Let's start with the Bears. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the Bears. They have the number one overall pick. Lots of speculation that they might flip that. But also they have the number nine pick, as you uh, pointed out to us, Vinny. So that changes this initial calculus. And because there's so much riding on either a direct deal between the Raiders and the Bears or just the implications of the deal with anybody else because of the positioning of that pick, they're an un- uninterrupted laser eye contact group for me. Well, what do you the think Bears. they're going to do, first of all? What do I <laughs> Honestly, like you, you have an opinion. That's what we do. Uh, yeah. What do you think that they're going to do? Like, if you if you had to predict what they're going to do, we saw Michael Wilborn, who's close to the Bears. He seems convinced that they're going to hold on to Justin Fields. I don't. I don't see that. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm not really in the prediction business, but I'll tell you what I would do if I were in the Bears and I was tasked with this. I would keep the pick, and I would trade Justin Fields. Yeah, that's what I would do too. Because you're going to get stuff back for Justin Fields anyways. You give the you have the still the option to make that pick yourself or still flip. But like I think Justin Fields moves on, and I, and, I, and I think they 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 take their quarterback. But then maybe that nine is where they start doing business, unless they really like somebody that they want to go up and get like one of the te- like Joe Alt or something like that, or maybe they want to go get Marvin Harrison Jr. for for whoever you know they, they end up picking at the quarterback position. So, but they would be also be choosing. Caleb Williams, which would be your proverbial number one, versus what you have already in Justin Fields. And you get that player on a rookie and deal. And on a rookie contract. So there's a lot that goes into that. So the Bears are like, you know, this is a great you know poker face that they have to go and put on. Correct. Correct. They, they, they don't want to just uh, give any tells away at, at any point. Yeah. They're the definitely the most observed of, I think, of, all the, of all the teams, I think. But then again, we'll see how we go, yeah, go through this exercise. Yeah, and when I look at that ninth pick, um, because let's say they, let's say they trade Justin – they get some assets for that. Let's say they take Caleb, get their quarterback of the future. Sure. To me, that would make them a little bit more open to potentially trading number nine. Mm-hmm. And why that's key to me is because right ahead of the Raiders at at uh, 12 and 11 are the Vikings and the Denver Broncos. Both of those teams need quarterbacks, right? I don't care what – even if you bring back Kirk Cousins for a year, mm-hmm. you're probably looking now – it's time to really identify the long-term quarterback, Denver, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you, to me, and, and and when we're talking about that position, you know, in the draft 10, 9, 8, you know, uh, or maybe even moving up a couple of slots to 7 or 6, you're probably looking at a J.J. McCarthy. Let's just say for argument's sake that J.J. McCarthy pushes himself into the top 10 and is a consensus top 10 pick. That means the Raiders are going to have to jump ahead of those two teams, whether it's to beat them out of where they currently are or to or to 
uh, outplay them in poker to be able to get ahead of them wherever sure. the trade-up might be. So would you put the Vikings and the Broncos in the same category as the Bears with uninterrupted laser keep, eye contact? Yeah, you have to okay. you, you, you definitely Just have to Just to know keep, if there's any differentiation there for you. No, no. to me, okay. those are the two. Because I look at, you know, um, the Arizona Cardinals have their quarterback. The Chargers have their quarterback. A team that I would keep an eye on is the Giants because I don't – you can get out of that contract with Daniel Jones after this year with mm-hmm. very minimal – damage to you yeah and somebody like brian dable might need a quarterback to kind of keep his hopes alive as remaining as head coach to find another avenue of success they're a different category though right because they technically still could run back that answer if they really wanted to with daniel you can still do both for sure and and i'm not sure if the vikings and the uninterrupted laser eye contact because as much as they do need that quarterback they net like the chances of them actually going to do this i think is slim and and making that move unless it is one of those guys i i just the way that they manage their draft and the way that they've done things they usually trade back the problem the problem with the vikings is even if jj mccarthy falls into that area like they don't have to move up necessarily that's what i'm worried about right if i was the raiders that they would just take them at number 11 right you know, not move. So, so. But to I'm me, not too worried if if the Vikings are trading up to trade JJ McCarthy because at, at this juncture right now, I haven't identified as JJ McCarthy as like this is the guy, the answer that must be found in that in that area. What I'm worried about Raiders, is that they would take them right where they are, which is ahead of the Raiders. That's why I would say one way or another, you may have to jump ahead of them because I do think if JJ McCarthy is on the board when they pick, they're going to take him. So, so, so for me, and he's the next, right? He, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and of course, it's predicated on the Raiders feeling that highly about JJ McCarthy. Correct. But I'm saying, let's say they are. Okay. Then you're gonna one way or another. To me, you're gonna have to get ahead of the Vikings because there's a good likelihood they don't have to move up to get them. They would just draft them at number eleven. Yeah. So that's they have why so I'm, many roster holes, though. I, I, but, and 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 I I get that and I understand that. Um, but the one hole that they've always had, really, is the quarterback position. Yeah. And I think that they're, you know, they, they, and they, the other part of it is they've had defensive coaches quite a bit. That's an, that's, that's it's a very, Kevin true. O'Connell. Yep. He's a quarterback. And he hasn't really picked his guy yet. He hasn't, hasn't he hasn't had, they haven't done it yet. Right. They haven't taken that stretch. It would yet. be a sho- almost a shock to me if he yeah. didn't take a quarterback. Yeah. Right. Well, it also depends if they trade Justin Jefferson. Yeah, or if they they re-sign him, I'm right. like I forget. I, I I know that they're in negotiations. I think he has one year left on his deal. I'd have to I'd have to double check. But that's also a thing that's up in there. I was talking to my cousin about this last summer, and I thought he was nuts. I'm like, I don't know why you would do that mm-hmm. because you you want to keep people coming to the games. There's a big reason. Uh, he's the big reason why this team is still relevant right now, and probably the reason why they haven't really bottomed out either. And that's where. If if they go out and make a deal for him because they don't want to pay him, I'm not sure if they want to pay him the money that he's going to command. I think it's his decision, not it, theirs. Well, it, well, he wa- they, they but want what him. they present in front of him, Vinny, will dictate whether or not. Because what if they lowball him? Right? I don't think they will. I, I, I honestly uh, think that it's going to be whether he wants to come back or not. And I think one way that you help that if you're the Vikings, is get a quarterback that he says, oh, I could ride with this dude for the next five years. And if you are going to pay him a lot of money, it would help if the quarterback was on a cheaper no deal. No doubt about it. And so it's just, 
I, I wonder if the Vikings are trying to say, let's go right now, or if they're more in a reaccumulate talent type of mode. You can still pick your quarterback and do that, but it, but I think the the big pin for me is is uh, is Jefferson because if you trade him, just think what what kind of picks could you get? Oh, teams would love to get and him then, a king's and ransom. And then we're for not it. even probably talking mm-hmm. about packaging to trade up for JJ McCarthy. We're talking about to package to trade up to number one. That that's why you go out and trade Justin Jefferson if you wanted to do. I that. don't. I don't think that they're going to do that. Um, I think they would be crazy to do that. Um, I think you, you, what you ideally try to do is pair, and you can you can bring back Kirk Cousins for a year, and still develop JJ McCarthy behind him, and and have. Is he going to sign a one year deal? He in may this have market? to. He may. He may I have don't, to. I think somebody is going would give him a longer term deal, and, and it's a it's a bigger risk for them. But I think that he's going to be able to get that on the so market be it. this year. Then all the more reason that they're going to draft it, that they would draft a, a, mm. a quarterback. And I think that if you can. If you can sell Justin on that, because I, like I said, I firmly, it's not, I don't think it's the Vikings' decision on whether he comes back or not. They're going to give him, they're going to offer him, you know, fair market value. It's going to be, do I want to stay here? What's the court, what, what quarterback am I going to be playing with yeah. for the next five years? Or can I go someplace else where it's a better situation for me? Well, I think he got a taste of it this year because he was injured. And while the team was kind of rallying they in that. played fine. Yeah, in his absence, it's almost like I'm th- maybe you got to look at like, hey, I have like a certain mortality rate in my in my career here. I better Correct. find a Who chance to win. Fine. And I want to I find an elite quarterback and a team that's going to win a title. He I was won't. throwing his helmet. When when uh, well because it was week week three because we've turned over the no, ball I'm so talking many about times late, later on um, when he, when he did come yeah. back and it was Mullins and it was Josh he, you know he was he was there were games where he was pissed off and rightfully so because the quarterback couldn't get him the ball correct there's Calvin Johnson potential there in terms of that that oh, that's yeah. what I worry and I think sure. that's in the back of any receiver's mind that doesn't join a team that is in lockstep with their timing and and how they develop right and so I just. He he's an amazing player, and I I love having him on the Vikings. But at the same time, considering where they are ro- roster wise, and just he, that might be a move you need to make. And so the, the Vikings, I, that's right. Maybe it's uninterrupted laser eye contact. I think they're more competent, so they're not a liability player where they're only a threat because you don't know what they're going to do. So I, I'm not sure where to classify them but, quite. But yet. we could definitely classify the Bears as the five uh, minutes for of sure, and the Broncos, and the Broncos because you right. know the quarter. Quarterback and divisional rival and all, all the that problem other with stuff. the the problem for the Bron- the problem for the well, Broncos is you know you have to be wary wary of them just staying pat and drafting maybe the quarterback that you really like and maybe that's again JJ McCarthy if you're not able to get into that top three the problem for the Broncos is they don't have much to offer they traded so much to go get yeah, Russell Wilson not a lot of capital that their, that their draft capital True. is 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 not good and then in t- on top of that they don't have they're I think they're over the cap by a lot. Um, so, so they can't even, you know, uh, they could think about being in the, in the Kirk Cousins. That's the other part. Who's, if you're, what teams would be in the running for a Kirk Cousins? Like legitimately. Or Russell Wilson too. Cause I've, I've heard a lot of steam, uh, with him to Atlanta and Atlanta's a top 10 pick as well. Uh, they could do both. They could draft a, a young guy and then also bring somebody into bridge. If or they trade to for do Justin that. Fields. Or trade for bring Justin him back Fields. back to Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Where does Kirk Cousins go? Where does Kirk Cousins go? Who is who is that desperate to give? Who a has the money? Term? Right, that's true. That's true. I could. Could you imagine if he circled back to Washington? 
What a weird thing that would nah, be, right? They're, they're, well, new ownership. You know, you ever don't rule great, anybody out, Vin They're not. in a great spot. They're gonna, I know. They're going to roll know, with their young quarterback. I, I would almost think that and Kirk they, Cousins. To me, they have a better roster than people think. Yeah, they, they do. They I have th- a pretty decent roster, actually. Or New England, maybe? See, I was wondering if, if would you bring in a Kirk Cousins to help bring a, along a rookie or a younger player, like yeah. maybe a Will Levis in Tennessee? No, I think if you're the Tennessee Titans, you play Will Levis. He's playing. Yeah. You, if you're New England, though, yeah, that is where I like I, that one. Yeah, that is where that's why there's the possibility of potentially trading that pick yeah. is because maybe they go the veteran route. And 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 they he's been that veteran quarterback in the building under a new coaching regime before he's he did that between uh, Zimmer and uh, and uh, Mick O'Connell here in Minnesota and so I think that's a, a, a t- intangible that you can bring in because again that talk about a roster that needs a lot of help that's absolutely the Patriots offensively defensively they're pretty good sure but in terms of l- why don't we get a more stable answer at this position maybe sign him for three years and maybe the the two are the ones that matter the most and we can put some language in there and then you draft somebody but you spend that high capital on something else you trade it and you bring somebody in and they learn behind Kirk I kind of like that clay yeah, I, right yeah. he's an old man <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was he was playing some of the uh, best football of his career gonna, before his Achilles he's gonna blew be 36 out. next year I mean, it's on the wrong leg too yeah I mean if you're expecting a full year of, of health healthy Kirk Cousins uh, no you don't I think don't. it's going to happen he's for typically him played he, but, he typically plays Last year was kind of a freak injury with the Achilles, but he typically plays full seasons. So people if don't come out of Achilles injuries yeah. as, as well as, as at thirty six, and he's not the most you know muscle. It would take really an amazing you know off season for him to come back and play at that you know yeah. you know he he plays at almost a Pro Bowl level. Yeah, and I, don't and I guess one thing that you know obviously you're going to have to look at it medically. You're going to have to have your doctors check it out. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that works in his favor is that he's never been a runner anyway, so it's not taking away. His running ability because he never he's never really had running ability. So if you feel like he can still do the things that he normally does in the pocket, um, you know, and it's not going to limit him too much uh, that way. Obviously, you're you're right, Clay. It's gonna you're gonna have to have your doctors check it out. But if it checks out, then then you know, with modern technology and you know uh, uh, Achilles injuries not being the the uh, career ender that it that it kind of used to be, then mm-hmm. then maybe you got a, a a pretty good chance of getting a couple of years out of him. And I think that that's what the Patriots would be looking at right now is is somebody to stabilize that position and and uh, you trade that third pick and get a whole bunch of draft picks to be able to to continue your rebuild. So yeah, maybe we put them in this category where you know when people are behind your chair because the table's full and they're just right behind you breathing. Oh yeah, they're they're Should like we put uh, the Patriots there. They're like always over your shoulder. Yeah. You can hear them breathing. Yeah, they're looking yeah. to they're looking to play. But it, it's not their turn. They feel like right, a and wild card. They're trying to, they're yeah. trying to yeah. use I mean, the system. They're looking to play. Unpredictable. You you but do you think that it, they're incompetent in terms of you don't know what they're going to do and that's why they're because I don't think they're I a liability. They're in, I don't think they have a plan because they're reading yeah. the table and they're also Correct. getting free drinks from the cockroaches. I don't think they're incompetent, but I think they're I think they're wide open and that makes them a little bit dangerous. Right. Um, or, but it could also you could also uh, make that work to your favor too if you're the Raiders and they are wide open you you exploit that wide openness by trying to go up there and trade and and get that third pick from them and give them whatever it is that they want to get it because that's to me the opening for the Raiders to be able to get one of the top three quarterbacks is obviously the Patriots I don't see I I, I don't see Chicago trading that pick 
Yeah, I don't, unless it's I don't, to the commanders, you know, and, and because they they want Caleb so bad, right. and it's that, that's why the commanders, well, even are, though there's new ownership and yes. everything else, they are still in the liability player where uh, they will absolutely hit when the dealer shows six and split tens. <laughs> Ab- until proven otherwise, until proven that's about, yeah. what they are. And I, I, I yep. think if you're Washington and 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 you desperately want Caleb, you you, you make it happen. You, you take the decision, and it'll be an obscene price. That and that's where the risk is. Like you're moving up one spot. Right. This, I don't know this if it'll is, be obscene, city. but it'll be it'll be you know the, 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 it'll be a little painful. Yeah, and it, and it better work out. Better work out because especially if they're going up to go get Caleb and they want that custom fit with Cliff Kingsbury, you want to talk about pressure. They're going to ex- be expected to compete within two years or less because Easily. it's because yes. it is that mm-hmm. perfectly matched, or at least our, our our perception of it. You should be able to get this to go right away, right? Yeah, and they, they they're going to try to feel out the what you know. As their ability to go and maybe like get ahead of the Giants, maybe get ahead of the Cowboys. If the Cowboys start going through a downturn, you could see as misguided as Washington has in the past. Like, hey, we have a chance to win a division. And, well, and here's yeah. the thing about we're 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 talking about the Commanders in past tense. It's a completely new and, and it's respectable people, by the way. Very true, but they're so still I'm new not, to this business. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, um, they are. But they they've they've done some pretty good things with their with that on the personnel side with some competent. People, so uh, I'm not. I think throw out the um, throw out the entire scouting report that you have of the commanders because they're going to be doing things differently. So I would put them uh, almost in the competent, definitely competent. I think they're going to make some smart, shrewd moves here be- based on the people that they've brought in, and I think that makes them kind of kind of dangerous. I'll I- believe it when I see it. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, more on this on the other side. Lindsey, Vinny, and Clay on the Raiders high-stakes poker game. Who's in? Who's out? I want to reward you with five minutes of uninterrupted eye contact. Yay. <laughs> 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 oh, great fit. And that is the Chicago Bears right now. Uninterrupted eye contact at the poker table. A little more. Ah, that's good stuff. You can stay, Rick, if you... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Lindsey, Vinny, and Clay here with you. Chris Thomas is going to join us, former Super Bowl champion, wide receiver. He joins us at 9 o'clock, Fusion Odyssey. But, uh, all right, we're identifying the players. And Washington seems to be uh, the liability still. Right, because we just don't know. We, we know that it's not the same as it has been, but we haven't seen anything different. And so we cannot reasonably really predict how they're going to act through this. But. Yeah, and the Patriots are kind of like that that person over your shoulder. Like if you're ever playing a slot machine or a video poker and they're like, they're watching you every movement because they probably dumped a bunch of money in there and they're they're like, hey man, that is mine. That machine is mine. It's just about to hit. It's just going to hit. I know this is going to hit and I don't want it to hit for you before I hit a fire alarm and evacuate the building. But I, I think that's uh, it's something to watch out for because they yeah. already want to make a player and be a player early. No sure. doubt. I have a question to, to you guys and, and really to Raider, Raider fans. Um, if the Raiders can't move up to one of those top three spots to take one of the top three quarterbacks, whatever order you want to put it in, you know, we talked about, you, you know, uh, be okay with either or, or any of those three. But if you can't get up to number three, does J.J. McCarthy do it enough for you um, to either take him at number 13 or if you feel threatened by somebody ahead of you is going to take him, do you trade up? Does, does J.J. McCarthy do it enough for you to take him at 13 or move up a few slots to go get him? And that's 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 the question to me, that um, that I, I think if the price was reasonable, they're going to move to number three. All right, 
I think I think I, I can't say that they're already there on those three quarterbacks, but I have a pretty good feeling that they are. But if they don't have access to one of those three, then who's that fourth? And is it JJ McCarthy? And does he do it enough for you to do that? I, I, I not right now. I have to be convinced. And, and the thing is, is like, how much convincing does the combine do? Because again, it's such a, a, a different way to measure and and how how much can be truly taken and transferable football skill. And this is the great debate that we have every year. The other year. part is put the tape on. Correct. You could go and, to YouTube. Right. Uh, I know that's just a limited, but that's what we have access to. Yeah. Check out the tape. You know, put it. I remember when 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 Harbaugh was being talked about. As a potential uh, Raiders uh, coach, a lot of people were freaking out, thinking that he was just going to take J.J. McCarthy. And I, f- I feel like it's kind of turned on that. Like people are like, oh, I'm kind of getting more open to J.J. McCarthy. And maybe that's because a lot of other people are talking about J.J. McCarthy as possibly a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe changed the perception of him amongst Raider fans. Whereas three weeks ago, they were worried that Harbaugh would come in here and take him. Now they're like, we need to get him. You right. can't get one of those other three guys. We just like making the choice ourselves rather than being told this is what you're going to have. I think that that's where that is. And he is he's intriguing because he's slippery. And and that's a premium attribute for me right now it, for that position. And and we've, we've talked about what makes Patrick Mahomes so good because he's not a runner, right? He runs away from pressure rather than towards it in the end and how he goes. And I think there's a quote I saw from him earlier this week. He's like, I'm not fast. But I, I, I'm quick. I can get moving. And so it's it's yeah. not about the foot speed. It's about how you can elude people. And I know that that is something that it should be at a premium in this league in general, but also for this team. And so as I start to review the tape more, as we see whatever the combine is and all that, it, unless something tells me, absolutely not. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why I gravitate more towards towards Jaden, and, and, and there's that bias that comes with that because it's like that's what you keep telling first in your head, so that's where you want them to pick. But uh, I, JJ, why not? I'm going to try to answer that question for Jaden yeah. because I've asked myself that same question because we've seen Jaden put a team on his shoulders yeah. that really wasn't that good, LSU, compared to most of their previous teams. Uh, and 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 was really the reason why they were as good as they were because he I mean go look at the stats mm-hmm. for Jaden he did it with his legs he did it with his arm threw for forty touchdown ran for ran for over a thousand yards threw for close to four thousand yards it was remarkable what he did that's why he won the he's kind of like the Patrick trophy. Mahomes performance of the college level where in terms you just put a, a flawed team on your back and you figured it out at a high level yeah yeah okay. um, and and just spectacular numbers yeah spectacular. And um, and fits the modern day you know definition of a quarterback can throw it is accurate. I know that you know Marcus has talked about you know some of the some of the games where maybe the accuracy wasn't quite there. A lot of that I thought was um, uh, you know fundamentals and just sharpening that up. But but that's why I think that he's ahead of a, a, a JJ McCarthy. The the you know what's not that not that uh, McCarthy is a victim of this. But he wasn't really asked to play that kind of a Correct. game because he didn't need to. And and that his team that, was so dominant that dings his stock a little bit just because we haven't been able to see you perform at your top freedom level. Right. right? And so my question to Clay would be, you'd have to be convinced. But how how do you go about convincing you that? Hmm. I would like to see a combination more of uh, of what he does in the combine in comparison to everybody else. Mm-hmm. I would I would need to see some measurables because that's all I that's all I don't know. I've I've, I've seen the footage. I just need to see the measurables. I need to see other finite stuff that that help me kind of make a decision on 
Is he a good short passer? Can he provide, uh, you know, that kind of like also like ability to take punishment? I want to see what the measurements are with his body, his speed, and all sorts of things. And that's why that's that's part of the game for drafting and comparing to all the other elite guys that are in his category. Yeah, I think he's going to test great. Yeah. <laughs> Especially athletically. Um, the speed's going to show up. Uh, I think the arm strength is going to show up. Um, you know, the, those things with the, with the combine, unless you completely bomb it. <laughs> right. You know, it's hard to really, you, you, you know, it's, it's especially in the pro days. Well, the pro so, days are really nothing. So scripted. It's, yeah, the guys are in their underwear, basically, in shorts and a tank top. And it's, it's not a real competition. Yeah, yeah uh, definitely not a competition. Neither really is, is, is the combine. But you'll see some of the accuracy, some of his throwing motion. You know, uh, are there, does it make you go, whoa, that looks weird. I remember seeing... Uh, the the Florida quarterback that went to the Broncos and you're like what the heck kind of throw is that like he was it just it looked weird you yeah. know um, when 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 uh, who was who, what's the I, name? I'm not sure the, the Gator the name. quarterback that went to the Broncos the you know uh, the, the Bible Christianity oh, Tebow Tebow oh, yeah you're going way just, back in the day I was like I, looked, I thought Anthony Richardson was the uh, was the Florida quarterback or at least the more recent yeah. no he threw Tebow like, was flawed yeah Tebow sure. was completely flawed yeah. no Anthony Richardson looked fantastic. Uh, at yeah, the mechanically, combine. there were some flaws. Is there, yeah. is there a drill that you think indicates uh, an ability to throw off platform efficiently? Because like when you're in the combine, you don't have the pressure. You you don't have that that closing in where it's like I this is not where I wanted to put my feet, but I'm going to throw it I'm gonna, and see if it's still a good throw, right? In compromised positions, that's what I wonder about. Because that's where, regardless if you have a good offensive line, bad offensive line. Young quarterbacks are going to put themselves into situations where they're going to learn some things. To an extent, I mean, you can and roll so, them out. Right. You know, you can, but but not no, not like right. Not and like so a that's game. that's I'm, that's where I'm probably going to look at. Like when I look at tape, I want to see how these guys are throwing, not just when they're under pressure, when they're in compromised positions to get their best ball out. <laughs> and that's yeah. th- that, that's you why know? I. Yeah. I want to go back to the tape with McCarthy to see if there are instances right. of that. And and people have said some of the you know the, the people that I respect, uh, some of these draft nicks that, uh, that that put it out there say that he was pretty good in high leverage situations, third down situations, and maybe situations where he did have to break it off a little bit to go make a, you know a, a big play. So I want to go find that tape to look at it. I haven't mm. personally Should seen it. Should we look at the tape as just one thing only? Uh, sometimes you got to diversify it a little bit because even in that title game they ran some pro style stuff, but they also ran like plays from the army days where they were, you know, just because they found out they could physically dominate and right. run mm. the ball. Which so, is good coaching by the way. Yeah, oh yeah, great. It was great manipulation, but I just want to see like what is he in really comparison away from a hardball offense? I really want to see can he play it and project into a pro game. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there there will be a lot of projection that 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 has to occur with JJ McCarthy yeah. simply because you know you can't recreate those moments in this sort of evaluation process that he didn't necessarily have uh, at Michigan. It's funny because we mentioned you know uh, you you look at you look at uh, Patrick Mahomes in college he was dinged for being outrageous for being a gunslinger, but he had right. to because Reckless. that's that's the mm-hmm. team that he played he played on a. A Texas Tech team that you know was was when you're talking about recruiting, they're not recruit. They have to recruit along with Texas and uh, you know Oklahoma and all the teams that are in their conference. It was a different time in college sports. Well, it still really is. They're yeah. they're going to be they're going to be sixth or seventh on the pecking order Correct. in their own uh, in their in their own league. So he had to make things happen. He was sort of dinged for that. When it turned out that was part of his brilliance. You know, it didn't show up in wins and stuff at, at Texas Tech because the teams just weren't that good, but. Those skills that he had to play with at Texas Tech that people were worried about coming into the NFL turned out to be part of his mm. strength. 
Okay, the third hour on the way with Chris Thomas, former Super Bowl champion wide receiver with the 99 Rams. He joins us next here on the Morning Tailgate.